Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hi everybody and welcome back to the Galgate Shots YouTube channel and podcast. It's Daryl hosting the match preview this time around. Best wishes to Scott who's feeling a bit under the weather for this one. And I'm here joined today by Andy and Joe. Lads, how we doing? Marit, how are you? Not so bad, not so bad. Great win at the weekend. Yeah. Joe? Oh mate, it was unreal, wasn't it? I mean, to be honest, I thought our half-time... We were struggling a little bit. I mean, it's a classic case of going down to 10 men and you think to yourself, can we do that thing we struggled so much last season whereby we kind of struggled to break teams down with that low block. But yeah, something happened at half-time. Bruno had some magic juice and he turned the game on its head and we absolutely battered them. So, you know, it was really good. Really good to dust the cobwebs off that Milan defeat and put us in good stead for what is going to be a really difficult game on Tuesday. Yeah, absolutely. Some really nice moments in that second half as well, you know, with the goals for Lewis Miley and obviously Dan Byrne getting a one in there as well. And Almiron yeah. scoring his, his first goal that he's, I think he hasn't scored for quite a little while now. So it's nice to see him scoring again as well. Uh, but yeah, Lewis Miley with a, a first goal for the club. And the look that we've, I think we've all probably seen that look on his face now that there's an immortalised photograph with uh, Bruno there after after he scored. Brilliant. It's, it's, it's one of them. I think yeah. there's an old clip of um, commentary from Barry Davies and he just goes, look at his face. Just look at his face. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Back in the day. Mm, he seems to have developed quite a nice relationship with Bruno, hasn't he? Which is Yeah. I think nice. Bruno's sort of like, if you remember, a few yeah, a few games ago when Bruno said that um, he's a special talent because when he was his age, he was shit. So... <laughs> 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 I think I think but... I think there's um, definitely a little bit of a, a bromance going on there. And it's nice to see as well, isn't it? It's just it's nice to see the lads looking after each other on the pitch. And yeah, and it's great. As well. It's great that Miley's got those kind of um, mentors, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's slightly slightly older players. I mean, Bruno's still you know obviously young in himself. He's he's just hitting his prime. But for a young lad like Miley, Miley to come in and have that kind of stewardship, it's 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 only going to be good for him. So yeah, absolutely. Good. Brilliant to see, brilliant to see, and fantastic yeah. for him to be our youngest ever goal scorer. Yeah, it is really, really nice to see. So we're here to discuss a big game coming up this midweek. Um, we're going to be discussing Chelsea away in the. I'm going to call it the AF, the EFL Cup just because I cannot be bothered to say the sponsorship. So it's in the <laughs> EFL Cup. We're in the round uh, last eight of this competition. Um, but before we get into the business of talking about that, here is a word from our sponsor. The Gallagher Shots Match Preview is brought to you by Magpin. Magpin are the go-to site for high-quality, unofficial enamel pin badges of Newcastle United players, legends and retro kits. For more information, visit their website at magpinbadges.bigcartel.com. Thank you very much, Scott. So, 
what we're going to do this time is I'm going to come in straight away and we're going to do my usual little section here, which is talking about the last time that we played Chelsea in... I suppose what we'll have to do is say this competition or in a cup competition because the last time we played them in any cup was a 3-0 loss um, a little while ago. But the last time that we played them in this competition, which is the League Cup, was all the way back in September of 2010. Um, those of you with good memories may remember the result. It was a win. Um, I think it's only the second time we've won at Stamford Bridge in a cup competition. Um, a three, a four-three win for Newcastle. Sorry, and um, we've. I tell you what, when we go through who scored the goals, you'll you'll see some horrible flashbacks, and you'll get some awful. I say awful. You'll probably think of some names that you never thought of, or you know, you can't remember. You know, one of the things where I can't believe he used to play for them sort of moment. So. <laughs> We'll go through the Chelsea goal scorers to start with. The first goal for Chelsea on that day was scored by a certain Patrick Van Arnholt. So he has a, a Newcastle connection from our, our, our... Well, I think he played for the season before when we in the Championship. So there's a little bit of connection there. And then Nicholas and Nelk has scored a further two goals. Um, but in terms of how the game played out, we led in that game uh, before Anelka scored his two goals. Um, Niall Ranger scored the first goal for us. There's another blast from the past. I wonder what he's doing with himself these days. Um, and I had a friend of the show um, and best wishes out there to Ryan Taylor. He scored a goal in that game as well. Uh, Shola Amiobi scored. And that was in the 49th minute to make it 3-1 in, in the game at the time before Anelka scored two goals. Uh, an 87th minute penalty brought it level to 3-3. And then Shola again popped up right at the death with a, a, an, inju an injury time winner to see us through to round four of the cup. Um, so, like I said earlier, it's our only win at Stamford Bridge in a cup competition. We have played nine games at the bridge in the Cups. That's across FA Cup, League Cup, and I think there's a Charity Shield game or something like that in there from the 50s. Um, and we've won one, drawn two, and lost six. So our record down at the bridge in the Cups isn't exactly the best. I think across all competitions, it's not been the best, but... We've seen some success in fairly recent times. Um, who can forget the Papacice game, as we all know? We all know it by with the 2 1 win. And the, the, exactly as Joe's pointing out there, the banana goal uh, back, at the end of the, there, back end of that game. And I certainly remember thinking that he was just tired and fed up. So he just whacked it and it just went, <laughs> it just bananaed into the top corner. It doesn't matter. But, um, and out of the two goals he scored in that game, you know, that is my favourite. But I know a lot of people have very fond memories of the first goal. Which, if you want to try and imagine it, just think of Joe Linton's goal against Milan last week. It's very much like that. Um, and, again, I'm going to put this stat in there now so we can get a bit more positive as, as the uh, preview goes on. This is the 11th time in our history that we've got to this stage of the competition. So that's the last eight. Um, but we've only won at this stage twice. Uh, both games were being played at St James's at the time. And at both seasons, we actually made it to the final and unfortunately lost. So let's hope we can get through it again this time. Uh, but this time, this time we're going to change. Moment, isn't it, Darryl? Hey, we're, <laughs> we're going to change history this time if we get through. We're going to win it. If we're going to win it, right, we're going to go to the final and we're going to win it because we're going to do it the frigging hard way. Like we we'll have to do every <laughs> every game this season by the looks of it. We had our group of death in the Champions League. We've got the matrums coming up in the, in the Derby and the FA Cup in the new year. So let's just go and prove everybody wrong, eh? So, that's my bit done there for now. So, Andy, you've been looking at Chelsea's recent form. What have you got for me? Yeah, well, 
we had Fulham for the last preview and one of the most boring teams to sort of look into because they were so mid-table and, and calm and good, which is not, you know, I don't mean to criticise them, but you know what I mean. Whereas Chelsea, they're just great. They're just all over the shop. You have no idea what they're going to do from one week to the next. They obviously had these ridiculous transfer windows where Todd Bowley came in and was basically just measuring his genitals against other owners and was like, look at me, I've got more money than you. I can buy Casado even though we don't need him, which is basically what he was doing. Um, uh, but yeah, they've, they've been a bit of a mixed bag. Uh, last five games, so uh, obviously they lost to us, 4-1 at St. James's, which I completely forgot about that game, but we backed them. That was the game where Thiago Silva just gave the ball to Joe Linton and let us score. Uh, they then beat Brighton, lost to Man U, lost to Everton, beat Sheffield United. So... They're one of these sort of mixed bag teams where you've got no idea um, what they're going to do, where they're coming from. So I tried to dive a bit deeper into them and try and work out what was going on with them and all the kind of analysis pieces and video essays that people do on Chelsea. It all goes back to the fact that they just can't put the ball in the goal. As simple as that. If you look at the XG table, which people call me a massive nerd, weirdo for... But the fifth in the XG table, the first 10 games up until I think when they played us, they were ahead on all the XG game in all of those games which if you're not familiar with xg basically just means that on, on a simple level they probably had better chances than the other team um more often than not um and, and i think one of the main issues they've had and when you look at a poll that was done by the athletic uh, it was about 85 percent of uh chelsea fans who answered it said that the position they need in january is a striker um they struggled a lot with Nicholas Jackson up there. They've had Unkunku injured since they signed him, um, who was going to sort of answer a lot of their questions as well. And they just they just can't score. Um, so they're one of those teams where you look at their eleven and you think this should be a good team. I really don't understand why they're not performing. Um, but then when you watch them live, they just pass it side to side in the final third, then lose it. And then because they're putting so much pressure on themselves to score a goal, they then just concede stupid goals. Um, and I know Joe's looked a bit into um, the injuries. Most of those injuries are in defence. So the mm. first mm. are rubbish up front, and then it's now all the sort of third 11 in defence. So you can see where the struggles are coming from. Um, so to jump ahead slightly, um, as much as on the face of it and uh, sort of Newcastle history, you would think, oh, away at Chelsea, that's a really tough draw. I don't think it is that difficult this time around. I still think it'll be a tough game, but they're a team that's all over the shop. Um, despite the fact they've got a very, very good manager, they just don't look like a team very similar to how Man United have been these last few years. So Yeah, I'm not surprised about any of that, to be honest, because you look at their, well, they're attacking three behind the striker. You've got usually Gallagher, Palmer and Sterling normally. Yeah. And Three great players who, to be honest, have done a really good job so, like so far this season. Uh, I, you know what it is? Funnily enough, I I think they're missing like a Lukaku type of figure mm. where you've just got that big target man who could hold it up, bring those attacking players a little bit more into the final third and obviously get on the end of these crosses. Now, obviously, they've not had a chance to see what Nkunku can do. I did read that he, uh, he could well make an appearance uh, on Tuesday. Um, he was like on the bench, bench for the first time last he time. Was. He was. He was on the bench on Saturday, just gone, and likely he'll make another bench appearance this time round. He did, if I remember right, he did start against us in the summer series. But yeah, yeah it's so in that respect, it's an unknown quantity. He, he might come back in, and Chelsea might start, you know, scoring for fun and taking taking those chances. But yeah, it doesn't surprise me in the slightest that they're ahead on those XG figures, but just can't put the ball in the back of the net. 
Yeah, you mentioned the Summer Series there as well, John. I think, you know, we all saw those games in the Summer Series. Super Slam, Summer Slam Survival <laughs> Series, whatever. Super, Hell in a Cell. That was going on. Hell in a Cell, yeah, let's get that in there. Um, and I, I remember, the, the one thing I do vividly remember from that game at the time was the frightening pace that they had in attack. Um, and, you know, it, it, Nicholas Jackson in that game looked like a completely different player to what he looks like now. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, by the time that they came to St. James's just a few weeks ago, you know, it was a strong Chelsea team. And like like you said, Andy, you know, we had two horror moments from um, Thiago Silva. One way in the first half where he just seemed to fall over and the ball went out for a corner. And then we had that one in the second half, like you say, where he just pretty much put it on a plate for Joe Linton to score. Um, so again, we, we've seen Chelsea at their best and the worst, I think, this, this season so far. And it seems we had that we're only in December and we've already, this is the third time we're going to have played Chelsea already this season. So... Yeah, yeah, money on. We're playing them in the FA Cup at some point if we can get past the Matrams. And uh, again, we'll play them for the fifth time before the season. Sorry, when? When? What do you mean? Sorry, when? When? Wash your mouth out. Sorry, (laughs) when we beat the Matrams, we'll probably get them in the FA Cup as well. So, and then we'll have to play them for a fifth time when we play them in the league down at the bridge later in the season. Um, So, we'll we'll move on from Chelsea now and we'll get back to the black and white side of things. So, Eddie Howe had his press conference this morning, Joe, and mm-hmm. what did he have to say? Honestly, it was more positive on an injury front than what I was expecting. He said that, although it's early days and he couldn't confirm, Cher and Joe Linton did look potentially quite minor, which was nice to hear. I read that it was Cher's groin that was actually the problem, even though it looked like he had a small hamstring tear, so I was a bit confused mm-hmm. about that. But uh, Joe Linton as well, Another reoccurrence, but apparently it it didn't look as bad as initially did on the pitch. With respect to Isak, he has, again, had another reoccurrence of this groin problem that he's got. But Eddie Howe said it was more likely fatigue than anything else. And he could could even make an appearance tomorrow. I can't guarantee it, but he said that it's still possible. Which just, you know, it goes to show that it's not these long-term injuries that we're used to seeing. Where you know they're out for six, seven weeks at a time. Hopefully, we'll get to see him back sooner rather than later. Now, Trippier, he is completely fine. You know, obviously, he came off uh, against Milan on Wednesday, ineligible to play anyway against Fulham. Apparently, he's all right. He don't anyhow said he's going to speak to Trippier again. But as it stands, he's in the squad for tomorrow, which is going to be great. Now, Emil Kraft has done fantastic, and to be honest with you, I wouldn't be against him starting this. Um, match again or even having Livermento on the right and Hall on the left there's quite a few combinations you could have and it might be a good opportunity to give Trippier just that little extra rest he's been one of those players that has played the majority if not all of the minutes um, you know of the last couple of months whilst we've had this injury crisis so it might be yeah it might be worth resting him again but like I say he's, he does seem to be in the squad ready to play it might just be a case of he's on the bench rather than starting uh, Botman he is, he's, he's looking good. He's looking good. I think Eddie was just very conscious of bringing him in too quickly. You know, too quickly. Yeah. He said yeah, he doesn't I'm, want I'm scared to of him playing him like too much. Yeah. I was, he's going to stretch was, for a tackle, you, and I'm just like, Sven, no. <laughs> when you see him on against Fulham, right? Like with five minutes left, and I'm like, oh, mate, like it's nice to get minutes. Left. I know. Every, every right. single pass he made, every run he did, I was like, you just take care. You, you yeah. just take care. Just be careful. Watch those knees. Yeah. 
yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it's one of those on 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 most fronts we're looking pretty okay actually, uh, and I think the only real issue, well, bit of negative news is that Harvey Barnes is like is is about four or five weeks uh, late. He's probably not going to be out until January. How weeks Ellie is Anderson, tall, man? Honestly, I, don't is tall. I don't know what's going on with them, but just get a new yeah, tall. He'd be fine. <laughs> the band injury is so annoying, man. He, he could do like a Dan Burn and lob the two off and just have a tour list like Dan Burn's <laughs> yeah. less of a finger, you know what I mean? Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, you've met like, some good points in there, Joe. And you know, it's nice to see some of the lads returning who've been out injured. Mm. You know, we've just talked about wrapping them up in cotton wool there, but it, to see Sven Botman make a return to the bench and then get on for a few minutes at the end of the game was. Very pleasing considering um, the way we've been in the last few weeks. And even, you know, Emma Kraft came on and was a man of the match contender, you know, when he when he, when he he came onto the pitch, when he did. And it was really nice to to see the shift that he was able to put in. And he was quite creative as well, when you think about it. He was good. He was good. He, he, he created a lot of chances. Yeah, he got that nutmeg in the second half. And I think he had the Gallagher in raptures with that one as well as the rest of the ground to it was be on fair. No one's bingo card at all. No, no absolutely not. Yeah. I'd like this two minute little like nice run about craft. Is that Go I on. think I was speaking to this to I was speaking about this to someone on Saturday and I can't remember being yourself, Daryl, that I think Kraft has kind of suffered with the um with the issue that we have we've barely seen him since Eddie Howe took over. He had a bit of a spell in the first season when Trippier got injured and he did really well, but then we didn't see much of him again. It's a lot like the LaSalle situation where you have this preconception of the kind of player that they were under the previous ownership and regime. And so you don't have maybe the highest um, opinion of what they can actually do and what the performances could be. But what we've seen, countless players, you know, again, like I say, like like the LaSalle's and stuff, uh, They've come into the squad after a long time out, and they almost look like completely different players. And I, I'm seeing that with Emil Kraft, and I think everyone was pleasantly surprised. I mean, obviously he had a great, he had a great performance against uh, Man United in the cup, but uh, I think he was playing centre back then, wasn't it? So it's a bit mm-hmm. different. But as a fullback, we're looking, we're seeing him perform against Premier League opposition in a, you know, a really progressive way, whilst also defensively being. You know, very sound and very compact and composed. So it's great that we've, that we've got these players on the bench that we're looking at and no longer thinking, oh, they're just bodies making up the squad. But it's like, no, actually, the evidence is now piling up that these players are making an impact. And yeah, it's just great. Now, I'm just wanted to like, you know, big up Emil Kraft that he's actually doing really well. Yeah, well, I'm really well happy can I jump? Can I jump in there as well? Because uh, one Push thing that. I noticed when Kraft came came in when Howe first took over was how he was just engaging with the ball so much more. He was running mm-hmm. out and trying to make tackles and try and make interceptions. And obviously with Howe, we talk a lot about how he's improved us in an attacking sense and he's made us more resolute. But the confidence he's instilled in the defenders is mad as well. We see Lascelles like trying to do a Fabian Shea and carry the ball and make progressive passes. And I think sometimes we don't necessarily think about that side of the defendant as much. Um, like balls coming over the top and where before under different managers, they may have just sat back and gone, I'm just going to go inside my own 18-yard box and defend. But we see them pelting out. We see Jamal Lascelles running out to Mbappe in the Champions League and thinking, I can have you here. So yeah. when we get to the lineup, we might see someone like Dummett come in and it's going to be a similar situation where we all go, oh, it's Dummett because he's all, he's got that preconception, like you say, where you go, oh, he's one of those players who's been around too long, he shouldn't be here anymore. But when he's played under Howe, he's been class. So, yeah, yeah I, I'm looking forward to seeing what we do with the defence. 
there, there is a noticeable difference and it's not necessarily that they're being progressive or on the front foot. They're just being positive in, in how they defend. It's like a positive mm-hmm. defending tactic that we're applying here and rather than like you say, Andy, sitting in and waiting to react to a ball over the top, they're actually physically going to attack a ball to defend it rather than reacting mm-hmm. to the situation. And you know, we'll, we're going to come on to, to this now because, we, you know, we can talk about the players who performed well at the weekend and the, those returning from injury. But when it comes to the crunch of the, the, the 11 that we might actually see on the pitch, I've got an, I've got a feeling that it might be very, very similar to the, the team that lined up at Old Trafford. Um, and in, in terms of the defence, I think he'll make this opportunity to, to rest a Lascelles, to, to rest a share. Um, you might well see Kraft and Dummett at, at the back again, like the song goes. Um, Tino on the overlap on the left and, and Trippier back in on the, on the right side because we'll probably mm. need him to come in as captain if Lascelles isn't going to play. Um, I wonder if we might see the changing goal and we might even see an appearance from Carrius uh, on Tuesday mm. night um, with Nick Pope now being the, the, the sub-keeper. But, but he never really like, rotated in the in the no. Cup last year. Did yeah, he? I was going to say that point. I think yeah. I, I think that is coming from the cold and he's needed a few games to get up to speed. I think he's he's been under a bit of criticism, obviously, but I think a lot of that has just been the fact that he's getting back used to that game time. So I think the more games he plays, the better. So yeah, personally, I, I would I would keep I would keep Dubravka in. Yeah, it's really important for him to get those minutes in. And that clean sheet on Saturday looked done in the absolute world of good as well. Yeah. And and make sure he's uh, cup tied because <laughs> because we weirdly enough kind of suffered from him being cup tied to another mm. side last time. So you know, yeah. don't take any chances. Yes. So so moving he's not, on, he hasn't and... played for us in the cup yet, has he? It was Pope who no, played last round. No, right? it was Pope. So, who played, uh, yeah. I... So we'll we'll move into the, the move forward up the pitch then. We're going to midfield now. So midfield is almost pretty much going to pick itself on uh, on Tuesday night, isn't it? I mean. We're pretty much going to expect it to be Bruno, Longstaff, and Miley, aren't we? I think I don't really Probably. know if there's anything else we can put in there. Um, well, it, when in the Man United game, he started with like Matt Target as a defensive midfielder, yeah, didn't he? Before he, did. he got injured, so he might do For something completely seconds. mad. We might see Paul Dummett as in the Perlo role, <laughs> starts spraying it around. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on, this is this is give me flashbacks to when uh, David Santon was playing as a CDM. Oh, that, yeah. Well, Bruce tried yeah. it with Cher as well, didn't he? He Put did, yeah. He did. Good um, let's, not go with, let's not go with that. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. We'll forget about it. No, I think, I think the midfield three probably picks itself. It did really well. He did really well yeah. when, um, when they came on Saturday, when obviously Miley had to come on. Um, you know, you did have to move Longstaff out of position a little bit, but it did well. It did really well. Um, I'm just trying to think that maybe even like Lewis Hall. He's tried to has him in the has field. he been given the okay Wait. to play in this game with Chelsea being his parent club? Because I know oh, I forgot about that. They were, nah, it, it, it's, it's not the it's not the same as the Premier League where he's definitely not allowed to do it. They can't ask permission of Chelsea to play in this game. Yes. Yeah, why would any club ever not, say yes to that though? Well, they? exactly. Yeah. yeah, you don't want that coming. No, that's back a good on, point, actually. Yeah, it's a good um, point. Forget about that. But then you know, as we move up the pitch again and we go into the attack, um, you know, I think. It may be wise to to maybe rest a couple up there as well. I think, you know, when we look at who's available, I think the only real change we can make in that front line is going to be Matt Ritchie coming in for somebody, and it's probably going to be Anthony Gordon. Um, if you think about that front three, who would you rest the most? I think it would be Gordon personally. Myself, he would be the yeah, one I would rest the most. The, it's just, yeah. 
whether the balance of the team suffers as a result because I can't yeah. see playing Isak and Wilson in that game. I'm trying to he's think the only other one that can go out wide, really. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, I doubt Isak will start. Like he might be on the yeah. bench. I, though I'm trying to think what formation we could play where Tino might go in as a as an attacker. Yeah. He played right wing against Dortmund away, didn't he? He did. Well, he did. That's what I'm thinking. He, he might. He might experiment with. Yeah, that. you, you but, could do that and put Burn in at left back. It's possible. It's well, quite feasible. Yeah. Yeah, but then he would um, play right back. I mean, if Trippier's okay, then he might do that. Yeah, I mean, actually, I think I'd quite like to see that, to be honest, with Burnett left back and then Tino on a wing somewhere. I think it could be quite a nice little... It's nice to be able to actually us. have a discussion about it and not just be like, we know what's happening. <laughs> I know, it's... Yeah. It's, it's, again, the problem is, now I haven't actually think about what the starting eleven's going to be instead of just being default, you know? Yeah. yeah, it's nice. Shocking. Imagine having <laughs> options. <laughs> oh, but, but, you know, this... I, I think... Um, uh, what we do are talking about like you know, uh, like resting players and, and changing things about, but I really, really want to take this competition seriously. Like mm-hmm. I've been, I've had one eye on this ever since. Um, well, obviously, ever since we scored the third against Man United, thinking to myself, if we could do it again, we're so close. We're so close to repeating it. Obviously, we're mm-hmm. on memories of last season and the Wembley trip, even the two semi-finals. Just everything about it was my was my favorite bit. I mean, there'll be a lot of people's favorite bits from last season. But it just made me itching for more, and I'm. I think I know this is going to sound mental, but I think I'll be more good if we lose this than when we lost against Milan. Because and hear me out here, Champions League was great, and I think that you know another round and it would have been fantastic. But I just I see the League Cup as our best chance short term for silverware. Makes sense. And the yeah. amazing weekend that we had at Wembley. I just want it again. I want to repeat the same thing again. I want to you know go down to London with you lads. I want to see. Yeah. You know whether I've got a ticket or not. Just see us playing another final if possible. And let's be honest, if we do, it's probably going to be Liverpool or something. So it'll be a big game, you know. Oh, it'd be Port um, Vale. Come on, Port Vale. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Who knows? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's just yeah. I, yeah. Sorry, I just I just really want to, I just really want to progress in this competition because I just saw how much it meant everyone last season. And I totally get where you're coming from as well, Joe. Because you know we've just talked about Port Vale and that there, but. The way that we're going through this competition this season, you know, we've already had to take out Man City, we've already had to take out Man United. So that's a big hit us straight away. We're now going to have to try and take out Chelsea, and in the event that we do that, I mean, we're going to be nigh on odds on favourites to go all the way through and get the thing this year, aren't we? Really? Um, well, that's it. That's knows. what that's the one looking at. Like we've we've yeah. done so much just to get to this point in the competition. It would be such a shame to knock out so many big teams. Well, and whoever wins should really chip off a bit of the trophy and give us it, really. Yeah, because I mean, we have like <laughs> done half the job for everyone. We, we might even we might even get to, to do it the even harder way and get Liverpool in the next round, and then we'll just deliver. We'll just destroy everybody, and then get all the way through to a nice little final for ourselves. Lose to Port Vale in the final. No, we're yeah, going to lose to Port Vale. Don't be You call me negative. Imagine that. Imagine no, but I'm just imagine that. Imagine <laughs> you Man City, Man United, Chelsea, Liverpool, and you lose to Port Vale in the finals. And we flip up to the look. That won't that's, happen. That's not what I want anyway. I want to get maybe Middlesbrough in the next round and we'll, we'll have a little derby. Oh, that would be spicy. Yeah, that you know I mean, that would be too bad, would it? I don't think the police would be happy with it, but who cares? Um, <laughs> sort it out. So, yeah, so that's more Newcastle there. And so we'll come in. I think we're about ready to go into our predictions now, aren't we? So I'm going to come to whom? Go on then, Joe. Let's have yours first. Oh. I'll give Andy a break. <laughs> I'm going to say that we. Oh, it's so difficult because I think there's potential for goals in this, but our way record has been 
not the best. I'm going to say we run out 2-1 winners. It's going to be a hard-fought game. It's not going to be quite as free-flowing as we are at home, but I reckon we've got enough quality and I reckon Chelsea leak enough goals for us to see it through. So I'm going to say 2-1. Do you want goal scorers? Aye, why not? Why aye? Mm, okay, right. Um, you think? Uh, I'm going to say Wilson and Bruno. Oh, Bruno. That's He's due one. He if Bruno scores, is he going to do his 15 celebration thing again? Like he did it. He scores, I'll be just 20, mate. <laughs> oh, he might have a group celebration with uh, with Miley at this point. He may well do. <laughs> yeah, have a row or something. Yeah, that would be nice. Andy? <laughs> uh, right. We are rubbish away from home, as we said. We are the 16th worst away team in the Premier League. Uh, we haven't won a Stamford Bridge since 2012. Chelsea are the sort of team where we'll somehow let Mudrick score and it'll be like, oh my God, Mudrick was good all along and it'll be against <laughs> us. But it, it, it's it, we've got back on track against Fulham. I know we got lucky with the red card, but well, not lucky, but you know, it was handed to us from the red card really. But we are still mint. I keep, I keep having to remind myself that we're a class team mm. um, and we made it to the final last year and we were the best team in that cup competition last year I don't care what the final said so our fancy us again it's it's a big game Eddie Howe's a great cup manager apart from the Champions League um, so I can see us um, getting a 2-0 win ooh very good and I'm going to say a Wilson penalty that Almiron will win <laughs> from Thiago Silva because he's a, he keeps having stinker, <laughs> keeps dropping absolute stinkers against us, and then uh, they'll push, they'll push to equalise. We'll get a nice goal on the break. Let's just say it's a nice one rolled across to blah, Isak off the bench. Very both good. Strikers, both strikers on the, on the score sheet. Very good. I'm liking wow. this. Hey, don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> I'm not going to be the negative Nelly here. So I think it's going to be. A close game. I also have a funny feeling that it might be very similar to the way the game, not necessarily in terms of scoreline, I might add, but I have a feeling it could very much be like how it was at Old Trafford. It could be a case where we soak up the pressure and we're able to just take our breaks and take our chances. Um, I do think Chelsea will score by hook or by crook because it's just Chelsea, isn't it? They always seem to do it against us. Um, and I also think it'll be 2-1. And I fancy goals from Callum Wilson, considering he didn't score against Fulham and he was absolutely raging about it. And he was also he also really, really annoyed Matt Ritchie at one point as well for not passing across to him when he had a chance and he took the goal <laughs> on himself. And I could, you know, I'm on the opposite side of the pitch to Matt Ritchie on Saturday and I could hear him shouting. So that tells you how much he annoyed him. Um, and I also think Sean Longstaff will get on the score sheet on Tuesday night. I, I fancy Sean to go. That'd be nice. Continue the Geordie. Geordie. Tell yeah. you what, though, if we do get a penalty and Wilson's not on the pitch, you know who takes him next? It's Matt Ritchie. Come on. I need, I need him to kick the corner flag one more time before he retires. <laughs> I keep saying it. It's going to happen. But he's not retiring, isn't he? Because he's staying 10 more years. 10 more years. And when he signed for us, Lewis Miley was nine. <laughs> yeah. <it's laughs> something like that. Something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, 10, oh. nine or 10. Anyway. What was it? What was the other one from a few weeks ago? That Alan Shearer's testimony was like ten days His before Miley was even born. Yeah. <laughs> so bloody hell, man. Yeah, God help us all. But yeah, that could have been so... me if he didn't go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it could have been all of us if our knees weren't kissed. So there you go. So 
there you go. There you have it. That's us. That's our predictions. Give us a comment to to the video if you want to give us your predictions. We'll see how they, they match up. Um, please don't forget to like and subscribe. Subscribe to the channel. That's free. Become a member from two ninety nine a month. Um, click that little note. Uh, click the like button to subscribe, and then click the notification bell to be notified when we go live with or with new videos when we release those. Make sure you've listened to the lads on the Always Smiling Face and Faces podcast. They're going to review Saturday's game in full. And they're also going to have, I'm sure, some food banter like they normally do. Bestie's in the house, I'm sure. So we'll have some great stories from him as well. We do love a Bestie story on this channel. Um, and yeah, just we'll see you in the next one. I think it's going to be later on this week as we preview Luton away at Kenilworth Road. And we'll be back again. Plenty more videos to come because we've got a hectic schedule over Christmas there. And then there's the big one coming in the new year when we play Sunderland away in the FA Cup. I think that we might have something a little bit more substantial. I'm going to float the idea. I have a little idea about what we can do in terms of the preview for that. So we'll see what Ooh. we can come up with for that. Exclusive and, uh, from Daryl. Hey, just breaking excuses all over the shop this, these days, aren't we? So we'll, we'll see what happens with that idea. And hopefully we'll have that for you in the new year. So yeah, and um, we'll see you all in the next one. Bye-bye for now. Ciao. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.